I need to go talk to a doctor for a number of reasons. I have a list now. I'm, I'm the age where I now have a list for next time I go talk to a doctor, I need to talk to them about these things. Uh, I never was a, a doctor list person because I was in someone else's household yeah. and they, they had the list in their head apparently and I never had to think about it. And then... Why is Zach doing these things? <laughs> and then I was 18 and I would just go to the the college health clinic if I had issues. Um, but largely I just pretended I didn't have issues because that's what you do when you're 18. And then I was in another country and then I came back and I said, okay, I have one singular priority, which is to go to the doctor and get a checkup and say, I've never been vaccinated and, and wait for the shock to roll over them and then say, can I do that now, please? But I need to go back and do that again. And then there's also other things. My Apple Watch keeps telling me that I don't breathe enough at night, uh, oh. which is a concerning fact. Yeah. Going to get a fun uh, sleep apnea machine? Maybe. Cool. You can bring those onto airplanes and they do not count towards your uh, bag limit. Fun mm. fact. I know very little about them, but that's one of the things I know is like, you just kind of <laughs> like you go up there and they're like, what is this? And, I, and you say it's a medical device. And then they're like, okay, cool. And they send it through the x-ray machine and then you're on your way. Cool. Good to know. I am. I had a thought. We're pulling it all together. Getting the thoughts in my brain. I, I think I write more things down than most people. Um, H and I were talking today about the, what I was going to research and the answer is just kind of whatever comes up, but also like I have a list, let's see, I have a drafts list of worrying bugs, potential topics. I have a list in obsidian of research topics that have been started and not completed yet. Um, and I think there's still a couple in Todoist, but I don't know. So as long as I have the time to research, I don't think I'm going to run out for a while. Uh, but they were saying that they, it's not, they don't imagine that I'm going to just be like, oh yeah, my lists. <laughs> but the thing is, the lists help a lot. I like the lists. They're good. I have a couple of lists. My therapist said to write down some things for homework. And I said, okay. And it were, it was things that sound nice. Um, activities mostly, um, mm -hmm. and like in particular, like patterns, not like singular events. Like, for example, think something that sounds nice. And one of the things was like, don't worry about pandemic. Don't worry about money or time. This is all like hypothetical stuff that like could be nice, right? Um, for example, spending an hour or two every couple of days reading in a coffee shop sounds really nice. Mm. Mm. good so that's the type of lists i keep that's a good list i had you know how sometimes it's too late at night and you start doubting yourself let's go with that those are the right words those are the words that i want okay sometimes it's too late at night and you start doubting yourself um 
Oh no! Don't make that face. No, I, 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 I have doubted myself late at night. Like that's not the. But I'm wondering about the context you're gonna provide. Um. Well, you see, last night it was too late at night, and I think this has been building for a while, and I have been tamping it down with, um, you know, any number of vices, and. <laughs> Um, and by vices, I mean like reading until I fall directly asleep, that kind of vice. Um, oh my gosh, Zach, that's going to be so bad for you. Uh, what are you going to do in <laughs> 20 years when you have no eyes left? Audiobooks, I Audio think. Audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, I was like, okay, well, I think I never do anything intentionally and, um, that kind of doubting. Yeah. Gotcha. I never do anything intentionally and I just kind of like do whatever in the moment. Um, but that's not good. It is bad. Abstractly, just not a good thing, a bad thing. Um, and that was the general shape of it. And then I was like, okay, well, I resolved to in the morning, I'm going to wake up and be like, here are all of my values. And then I fell asleep because I was like, problem solved. And I woke up this morning and I did not do that. Um, I don't know if I need to. I don't know if I am too tired and start doubting myself and that's valid or not. I don't know. We're going to do uh, a fraction of the dairy-free omnibus two right now because I'm hungry. Okay, sounds good. Um, so here goes dairy-free omnibus two part one because Zach is hungry. Hey, Zach. Hey, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... This year, my theme is we're we're reordering the doc. This is dangerous. Here, I know what I'll do. I'll I'll do this. Uh, Dairy free omnibus two a themes, and this is two b. We're not reordering. (laughs) We're adding a new topic. Yeah. So. this year, it's 2022, the year of Zach is not eating dairy unless um, it would be inconvenient or rude um, to not eat dairy. And I am like doing my best. Mostly what that means is that when I'm making stuff for myself, I'm trying to not put dairy in it. And when I'm buying things, if there's a dairy-free option to be made, a dairy-free choice to be made, I make that choice. Um, and the reasons are cows are bad for the environment i'm still eating beef that's not like the main reason um i think dairy does not agree with my gut that's a larger reason (laughs) um i just want to know i just want to like have some fun with it try this out um that is a, a larger reason uh and so i have made various choices to do things that are dairy free beyond what I would normally have done. Um, and so one of those that I was nervous about was dairy free mac and cheese, uh, because mac and cheese is like, a an important thing to me. It's a comfort food. 
and mm-hmm. and it's possible that that comfort food doesn't isn't as comfortable when it's dairy free when it's not the familiar thing um and so the first one that i tried was annie's dairy free mac and cheese i think it's even cauliflower rice or something and it's dairy free there's a lot going on um it smells so bad it smells so bad and you have to cook it in a pot and so it makes the whole space smell so bad yeah um and i would not recommend it and I thought, okay, that's it. That's all the, the dairy-free options I'm going to find because if Annie's can't do dairy-free mac and cheese, um, who can? Uh, and then I went along my merry way and was at the grocery store recently and I saw a company, a brand by the name of Wicked Foods, and they do um, plant-based things. And so... The thing that I noticed first was their, I think they have a beet pesto um, and some like mango habanero sauce. Uh, Both of those. I haven't tried the beet pesto yet, um, but I have tried the mango habanero sauce. It's good. Good. Um, And they also do. Go ahead. I'm a big pesto fan, so I might give that Mm -hmm. a shot. Um, And pesto is another thing that often has some dairy in it. There's usually some Parmesan and pesto. Yeah. So where was I at? Dairy-free. Okay, Wicked Foods. Um, And the other thing that I tried from Wicked Foods is they have these little like mushroom-based fake meats with various sauces. So like a mushroom-based fake meat to put in a taco. Mushroom-based fake meat to put in babimbap or something. It's like Korean-inspired. Um. And that was all all well and good. And then I went and I saw that they had some uh, mac, some like cup noodle style mac and cheese stuff. And I thought, that sounds cool, but I bet it's got cheese in it because you see cup noodle mac and cheese and like, why would that not have cheese in it? But it turns out this is a company that almost exclusively does vegan things. (laughs) Uh, And so they've got a couple different cup noodle mac and cheese options um and i tried one of them already it was flavored decently but i tried it at work and part of the instructions are to boil some water and i don't have a great way of boiling a consistent amount of water at work there is a microwave um the the microwave heats up the container far faster than the water of course um but at home i just have an electric kettle and so I can boil some water like that and pour it in. And now I'm going to try this. Uh, this is their Punchin' Potatoes Beans Chili Mac. Bottoms up. Oh, that's, I mean, that that's the noise. That's the mac <laughs> and cheese noise from the vine. That's good. That's Chili Mac. It's Unambiguously. Like... Um, this product can expose you to lead? what why (laughs) it's one of those um it's the state of california oh okay things so i don't know if like it actually the way that they approach cheese flavor uh is just with you know some salt and everything uh but primarily they've got some yeast extract which is usually the best way i've seen to approach cheese flavor it's definitely not mac and cheese um but it it approximates it 
well enough that I appreciate that I got it. All right. It does it approximate mac and cheese well enough to reasonably use it as a comfort food? Mm-hmm. I think because it's approaching chili cheese, chili mac and cheese, um, and chili is a thing you can successfully do entirely plant-based. Mm-hmm. And so because I'm still getting the chili and I'm mostly getting the mac and cheese, uh, it checks most of the boxes for me. Okay. Nice. I don't know, like the brand itself, I don't, I can't speak to, but like the way this website is set up is like, it's kind of powdery. Like just try this powder and you'll, you'll get good muscles or whatever. Yeah. There's a little bit of like superfood. Yeah. That Woody Harrelson. Is it superfood? Or likes their company? Join the community. And then there's like a, well, there's one big picture that is comprised of smaller pictures. One large JPEG composed of five smaller pictures. And I'm pretty sure one of them yeah, is that's Woody, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> um, He's got their book. Yeah. Okay. It looks like they should be available at my local grocery store. Your local Kroger. Not, not the pizzas, but... Um, Mm-hmm. The mac and cheese, black olive pesto sauce. Don't be creepy. You're telling me you live near a Kroger? I did not say that, no. In the vicinity of a Kroger? Still no. I You said Kroger. I didn't. Well, right, but that's isn't that the place that they, they partnered with? Not the In only the one. In the U.S., they partnered with Kroger and Sprouts. Pick and save in Metro Market or Kroger. Regardless. <laughs> there may or may not be a Kroger owned location that I get my groceries from. Don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. There are these um vegan Italian sausages that I like. Um mm. and but and if you go on the um website for the grocery store that I go to, it says just we have those. They're on the back wall. And the back wall is a large area. Mm-hmm. And I just, I swear it's not there. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, I I searched through the entire back wall and I have not seen the Italian sausages and I don't care enough to actually ask about it. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it bugs me, you know, because I'm like, it, it'd be fine. You don't, okay, fine. You don't carry this type of vegan Italian sausage from Tofurky. That's fine. I don't care about mm-hmm. that much. But you say you do, and you say it's in this spot, but it's a big mm-hmm. spot and I can't find it. <laughs> it's rude. I imagine it would be by the. Do you have like a Saitan section? I don't, think I don't know so. if I'm saying that word right. Ah. You should seek out the Saitan section of your grocery store and then S-E-I-T-A-N. It's like a gluten-based meat substitute. Okay, so it's it looks like based on the Wiki, the first paragraph of the Wikipedia page, it sounds like bread that you took all the good stuff of bread out of. 
Yeah, I don't, I have not um, enjoyed Saitan when I've had it. However, usually the Saitan is in the place where you want to, uh, where like all the stuff that you might actually want is also. And so if you look for the dude with the mustache, Upton, and you see him, you can go, this is this is the area where the vegan um, sausage might be. Well, that's the thing, right? Like I see other types of vegan sausages in an area, hmm. but not the ones I want. Because the, the, what is it? Uh, I'm sure I'm, I've probably even talked about it on the podcast before, but um, it starts with a C type of sausage. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, I it's bad. Whatever it is, <laughs> kielbasa. That's it. Doesn't start with the C. It starts with a K. It starts mm-hmm. with a C noise. Okay. Kielbasa is very bad, and I don't want to eat it. But the tofurkey Italian sausages, those are good, and I want to eat them. But Maybe that being... I know that probably. Wherever they say you can order and find it here, you could also just order. You could say, have it ready for me at the door, and I'll come in my car and pick it up. So maybe you do that. That's a good idea. And then when they say, we don't have that, then you say, you see. Think about it. Maybe don't lie to me on your website. This is your fault, random employee. (laughs) I'm saying order just that. I'm still not going to get mad at a random employee for not having for the website being wrong. And you can't convince me otherwise, Zach. I know how much you love to hate on people who make minimum mm-hmm. wage. Yep, that's that's me. That's my brand. <laughs> All this being said, it's probably better for my like health if I don't eat these. There's nothing too bad in them. They're just like... They taste good enough to not be good for you. <laughs> Mostly sodium. That's how you make things taste good. You add salt. That is one of the few tools, yeah. Which you can't say about most rocks. It's true. Try adding... There are very few rocks that make things better. <laughs> we were so impressed with salt that we tried limestone. <laughs> so that's dairy-free omnibus. 2a yay there you go um the the thing the the vegan thing that i keep thinking about is uh beth i don't know if you've seen this no in your local vegan aisle um but you can get some plant-based ground beth b-e-f-f b-e apostrophe f and it's Gardein is the brand. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I've seen something. I don't think I've seen this exactly, but I've seen something like it. Um, we got a coupon for it at some point and tried. We tried the one that was imitating ground beef. And we got the one that was not trying to imitate ground beef and was just like flavorless uh, protein cubes. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both pretty bad. Uh, we had them, I, I put, I, uh, cooked them in like a sauce, uh, and put them in a tortilla with some cheese and they were edible, 
but not on their own merit. <laughs> the sauce, <laughs> the cheese, the tortilla did a lot of work. Yep. But I haven't tried uh, the brand name Ground Beth. But F. BF. BF. The way English works is that you are supposed, I think you're supposed to pronounce this, the word, and then like a little, a small break, and then not the name of the letter, but the sound the letter makes. So this is just beef, but spelled differently, I think. Well, I think not, because like don't, you okay. you don't keep the... Oh. But this isn't a contraction. The... Hmm. Like, um, I, obviously, well, I think it may be silly to try to apply standard English rules to uh, something like this. <laughs> so maybe Beth is good enough. What about the other one? So Gardein also makes chicken um, with an apostrophe between the K and the N. I haven't tried that. How would you pronounce it? Chicken. Chick, chicken. Chick. I, I can't quite make that sound, I think. <laughs> chicken. 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 I love when, um, what's their parent company? There's no way that this is its own company. Conagra? Yeah, that sounds right. I love when Conagra develops new English phonotactic rules. This is one of the most corporate websites I've ever seen. But they don't give that treatment for, like, meatballs. They still say meatballs. They don't say, like, metballs. <laughs> well, that's people are going to get confused if you say that with, uh, you know, baseball and whatnot. With baseball? The, the Mets are a ah, baseball yeah. team, and they... Frequently use balls, I'm told. What about my at balls? There you go. <laughs> my at. <laughs> I want to know how they decide. I'm on the Conagra brands website. And mm -hmm. um, some of the brands get a logo with like a CSS zoom in. That might be JavaScript. Doesn't really matter. Um and then there's like way more brands under them that do not get a logo and instead just get the name followed by a trademark symbol or a uh, the R with mm. a circle, including Sandwich Bros of Wisconsin. I've never heard of. There's a sandwich finder. Do it. Find some sandwiches. Uh, we're sorry we couldn't find any online sellers for this product. I have not selected a product. <laughs> I think that means that there are no <laughs> products, and this is just a money laundering scheme. Uh, that's obviously a joke. Uh, don't sue me, please. They make Swiss Miss. They do a lot, huh? We got two different popcorn brands, perhaps more, that I just don't recognize. I would like to list out some some more products from Gardein. Um, they of course have Beth Burgers and Beth Sliders. Of course, um, as any Beth tips. <laughs> Jesus. 
um, some sliced Italian sausage. Sausage. Mini curb Bird cakes. Bites. <laughs> they got mini curb cakes. <laughs> There's no way. No way in crab. And fish, except you you can't make that without just saying fish. You can't make those. You can't make an F-S-H sound. Well, Liz, don't you know what you call a fish with no eye? I don't. A fish. Fish. It's just the same. It's the same fish. 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 Okay, actually, you can make that. So I retract my earlier statement. Fish. 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 You can't do the apostrophe between it, though. You can't, like... Fish. like meatless monday what does this button do how one day without meat creates a better world it's an infographic oh they've got stack and eggs (laughs) 1g (laughs) eggs did you i spent a while um years ago just constantly laughing at the notion of egg with a single G and egg. Zach, did you know? Uh, Jared, just to preempt this, um, I I am reading off of the Guardian infographic for Meatless Mondays um, subtitle, How One Day Without Meat Creates a Better World. And apparently if you okay. eat one less burger per week, it is like taking your car off the road for 320 miles. Which has got to be... suspect. Yeah, that's got to be... That's... Can ext- you cite that? Um, there are sources, but they are, in fact, just, you know, it's, it's an infographic, so it's all a picture, so I can't copy and paste them, so mm. this is possibly... Environmental effects... Ooh, this looks like it. God, JPEGs are so bad for image transfer. Um, just absolutely awful. If you're a four-person family and skip red meat HTTP once per week, slash, it's like taking slash. your car off the road for three months. Three months, Zach. Is that on there? They say if you're a four-person family and you eat red meat, one less day is it what are they i I really want to see the math they did on this don't put random numbers at the end of your url that's not useful uh is that a one one eight seven four two oh four dot html hey i got all the the characters right um, that is a camera with a no symbol on it. I don't know how that's related. Research from the University of Cambridge. After adjusting for proportions, the researchers found that people who regularly ate red or processed meat in the study also generally consumed more food than people who didn't regularly eat red or processed meat. And so clearly, if people who eat, currently eat the most red and processed meat were to adjust their eating habits so they ate like the people who consumed the least red and processed meat. Um, they would decrease their health risks anywhere from 3 to 12%. 
do you have you listened to maintenance phase i have not some of them are good a lot of it is just about how people can f- with data sounds interesting you can decrease your chances of colorectal cancer greenhouse gas emissions let me read this to you it's still from the infographic okay to create a quarter pound burger patty it uses 6.7 grains of wheat no 6.7 pounds of grain of wheat okay 52.8 gallons of water 74.5 square feet of land and 1036 BTUs of fossil fuel which they give context for enough power to run a microwave for a whole 18 minutes. What? That's not a lot. So, I don't know where they're getting 320 miles per burger. ewg.org slash reports slash 2011 slash meat eater slash PDF. Can I just browse the directory? No. Come on, Apache. You're better than this. ewg underscore meat. Oh, some of those are parentheses. 2011.pdf. Okay, this looks like something that will have some numbers. And it's loading. Paul McCartney supports Meatless Monday. Good for him. Oh, okay, here we go. If you eat one less burger per week over one year, it's like taking your car off the road for 320 miles or line drying half of your clothes. So it's... If you eat one less burger per week than over the course of a whole year, it's like not driving 320 miles. Okay, Is yeah, that they, what they, they... They did not include the per year part. It, they say if you eat one less burger per week, it is like taking your car off the road for 320 miles. I'm not seeing anything about a year. So it's a little bit misleading, I would say. But if, you know, if there's some actual... I just, it just seems like a silly thing to say. Yeah. Making that sort of comparison, like, can't, there's no real, act. I, I haven't read any of the things, so maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like there shouldn't really be a good way to draw a direct parallel in terms of betterness for the planet. Right, because also, like, cars emit greenhouse gases and that's a big problem with cars but even if cars emit zero greenhouse gases they make the world worse whatever nobody cares about that apparently um they impact the built environment that's what i'm trying to say in that way and they also um create a bunch of air pollution not in the size of greenhouse gas emissions but in terms of breathable particles um from tire wear yeah so and i don't think cows do that in the same way it's just like it's just so yeah that's why i say it's like a silly thing to say that one burger equals 320 miles of car usage because like in what way in terms of like usage of energy in terms of uh, greenhouse gases in terms of the amount of tire particles you put in the air the amount of uh wildlife that you pave over with roads um i would believe this though lamb is the worst for the environment 
Well, oh God, this is an awful graph. So the, oh God, um, the left axis. So we've got car miles driven per four ounces consumed. Uh, is the <laughs> car miles driven <laughs> per four the ounces. x-axis okay. so every four ounces of consuming this thing is yeah. like driving so many miles in a car um that's the x-axis and then the y-axis is a listing of foods by how healthy they are oh okay wait this is why people don't believe in climate change. There's a bunch of bullshit like this out out there that like is just obviously bad. This is not actually the reason people don't believe in climate change, but is <laughs> certainly not helping. No. And then how to So along the y-axis there's a list of things, lentils, tomatoes, whatever. Um if you get tofu they're an excellent source of plant protein choose organic to avoid gmos if you get yogurt choose organic and low fat when possible avoid growth hormones and also it is just above half a mile of car per four ounces of yogurt (laughs) (laughs) i think this would could this could be well represented as a scatter plot sure of like how healthy this is for you and then how bad it is for the environment sure to say like the healthiest things are best for the environment if you don't if you also don't want to have any units whatsoever sure you could do that well bad for the environment in terms of car miles driven per four ounces consumed i just sent you a very funny slack message okay from the uh, guardian tips for meat eaters Eat more plants. I. (laughs) (laughs) It's from the Guardian Instagram account. What? These people are unhinged, is what I'm learning. Murray me. Murray me. Uh, Jared, it is a a to-go box, similar to something you might get chicken McDonald's chicken nuggets in. And it seems to have some Guardian chicken in it with a engagement ring and the written on the top of the box in Sharpie is M apostrophe R-R-Y me question mark Murray me. And like the box is definitely was never meant to contain all of these chicken tenders. There's also a ring held in place by two of the chicken tenders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's held in place. I'm going to send this to my producer. uh, Uh And we're going to see what they reply um, eventually, if they reply. (laughs) To be fair to Gardein, that was probably the most unhinged Instagram post. Mm -hmm. The rest of them are mostly just overflowing By our product, we are a company. I, I I invite you to look at the array of Instagram posts because they, I say overflowing because like there is not a single well-contained meal. Uh, don't you know though, the healthy choice is to 
to eat an overflowing sandwich of beef or sausage. This is a proposal from Madison Vegan Eats. Is that Madison a person or Madison a place? Sweet Home Alabama. Madison County. I have a friend who lives in Madison, Wisconsin, um, who signed up for a class in in the technical college in Madison County, Alabama. <laughs> He's that's, new to the city. That's very good. Yeah, those are some extravagant sandwiches. I feel like they could use more sandwich cross sections. That is a vegan Philly cheesesteak, though. That's pretty slick. Not vegan, vegetarian. Oh, there's some chicken bao buns. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to correct myself. There's some chicken buns. <laughs> <laughs> There's some buffless buns. Buns. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, I'm on the Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, buffless. Just a quick reminder to slide her into their DMs as Valentine's oh, Day yeah. is as Valentine's oh, Day yeah. is around the corner. C apostrophe R N E R. There, okay. So, whatever <laughs> corporate person decided to call it BF, um, I I don't know what I think about them. Um, but whatever branding person, whatever t- teen, whatever intern, mm-hmm. uh, was like, well, let's just lean into it. We are the apostrophe company now. Mm-hmm. Come get your apostrophes here and buy some buffless buns. <laughs> One of these is uh, hashtag flexitarian. <laughs> and I'm looking through that hashtag at the moment. Those are vegetarians who flex? I believe so, yes. Um, actually, they are all just corporations and people trying to be influencers, I believe. I think vegetarians who flex and are trying to be influencers there's a lot of overlap is that f-l-e-x-a-t-a-r-i-a-n uh i-t i i-t because they're like they're all like i mean obviously anyone who uses hashtags on twitter is doing something wrong but well you see the thing about being a flexitarian yeah please enlighten me is that most people think that you can't get gains without eating beef. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that. But you you need to understand if you eat beef. <laughs> uh, why, why is this German company just posting pictures of vegan Spotzel and then tagging it flexitarian? <laughs> Hashtag vegan check. My producer hasn't looked at my message, so I'm going to go shout at them. Ugh, sounds good. Domino's. Is Domino's vegan? I have to suspect not. Can you get cheese, dairy-free treat cheese at Domino's? Have I been depriving myself of Domino's for no good reason for the last month and a half? Um, dairy-free, yeah, go dairyfree.org, .org even. That's how you know that it's trustworthy. Everybody knows that you can't get a .org domain unless... <laughs> 
uh, unless you're the kind of person that should be authorized to go on uh, a school child's report of some sort. All of the specialty chicken bites contain milk. Garlic contains soy. Heads up, Domino's has not introduced dairy-free cheese alternative in North America yet. So you must custom order them without cheese. I don't think I want that. Why does Germany get vegan cheese? Domino's Germany vegan cheese. Hi, Zach. I'm back. Um, Hello. My producer said that they would like to decline the proposal on someone else's behalf. That's fair. Oh, come on. This is... Oh. Oh, interesting. We're saving that for later. Oh. That's coming up. This this is a secret tool that we'll use later. Fantastic. So, uh, last episode, Zach told me to watch the uh, BreadTube NFT video. Um, it's very long. It was very good. It was... I... I um, I took a break like halfway through and uh I found my brain like we got to get back to that, you know. <laughs> so that's a good mm-hmm. it's a good sign, I guess. Whatever. Um but one of the things that was said a, a lot of things in that video made me very sad but one thing Mm -hmm. in particular like really hit home and it was it was like a offhand it wasn't i don't know if offhand was quite it's quite right but it wasn't like a full paragraph even it was just that like the concept of web 3.0 cannot be separated from the blockchain at this point yeah and that made me sad because i have an idea of what I would like the internet to look like. And Mm -hmm. I usually complain to whoever's around me whenever I encounter a website that doesn't conform to what I think it should be. Yeah. And most of the time that's like Gardein or no, no. Um, what was it? It was, um, wicked. One of, one of the wicked's, one of the wicked pages was for finding grocery stores that sell this, product and it took like 30 40 seconds to load on a pretty fast internet connection because it had to like Mm -hmm. go fetch a bunch of javascript from somewhere else and uh that sucks already and adding blockchain to it makes it much worse and what i was hoping i you know like i'm doing my part my website's great um Mm -hmm. But uh, the, I was really hoping that like, for some reason, what the next like major iteration in web stuff would be mm-hmm. like Google Chrome being like, or if Google like taking load times into account when they uh, show search results, or Google Chrome being like, mm-hmm. hey, by the way. This website sucks. Right. This page is larger than 
some arbitrary threshold. Yeah, and like Safari sort of does that. Um, it has like the tracker thingama, and like there's ways to see all the sources it's loading from, but mm-hmm. like it's not it's not enough. Yeah, and like I don't want to be like we're going to have to we're gonna enforce we're gonna leverage the power we have with browsers to force every website that caters to people to you know conform to these standards or whatever like that's not ideal but like it's very clear to me that this is never like things are only gonna get worse and more bloated and take more time and energy to just display text on a website Mm -hmm. and that made me sad at some point this is a, a belief that i hold and haven't really questioned in a while but i think at some point moore's law will catch up with us it will no longer be true mm-hmm. um, we will stop increasing computer power as rapidly and i think then more focus will be put into how do we take the computer power we have and use it effectively i think on the continent of africa you get big elephants and on an island you get pig pygmy elephants and i think if our computers stop feeling like continents and start feeling like islands resource constraints will make things smaller and that is the only possibility I see of things getting smaller. <laughs> but Zach, what if you could just like link all the islands up and share the land between them and uh, uh-huh. all the islands could communicate uh, in a distributed network? Right. What if each elephant's foot was the size of a single island? Yeah. Consider that. And then we just based the whole thing on smart contract elephants mm-hmm. and uh and we also blame all bad decisions on robots yes yes i knew about um i just lost it um dows dows yes i knew about the dow the one that caused the great ethereum split uh-huh. I did not realize that after that, people kept using DAOs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, surely that's the end of the DAO, it, like, fascination. Yep. Yeah, no, I haven't. I'm not aware of DAOs. I am so glad that I don't, right now in my life, except for to be angry at them, I don't have any reason to think about NFTs. Yeah. Um. And I think I need to keep being angry about them because otherwise that won't be true. (laughs) Um, And I hope it continues to be true. And I've had a couple of conversations in the last couple of weeks that have put this into a different framing. And then I also saw an article. Um, In order, they are a conversation with a guy who was like very right leaning when I met him five, six years ago. Um, And then made a bunch of queer friends and is now significantly less right-leaning and is like explicit about the ways that his friends helped him to see 
the error of his ways, whatever. Um, and my boss was so concerned about the metaverse. Um, and I am coming from the notion of the metaverse through the angle of having read Snow Crash. Sure. The like original metaverse text. I would love to get into this on the podcast at some point and haven't had time. Neil Stevenson has like made statements on the Facebook metaverse. Like I don't, this is, I don't like it. Um, also like right now it's just a bunch of nonsense. And if nobody picks it up, then nobody picks it up. Google tried to make the internet balloons. That didn't work. Facebook tried to make people not have legs. That didn't work. <laughs> I hope those are the stories that get told. Um, and at some point, if Facebook is successful in doing the thing that they want to do, it will not be optional to have a screen strapped to your face and to participate in the metaverse, a metaverse, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's bad. I think right now I wish I could watch political uh, forums. Um political debates for my city or find out information about a local restaurant without having to use Facebook as the tool to do that. And that's just not an option. It's not an option to never enter the domain of Facebook because some information is only ever there. Mm -hmm. So that's conversation number two is I hope that it always, I hope that we never reach a tipping point where the metaverse um, as this corporatized thing that Facebook wants it to be currently doesn't become relevant. I hope we never reach a point where it does become relevant. Mm -hmm. um, conversation number three. No, this is not a conversation. This is news article that I saw. There is a company, some whatever movie pass, I think, uh, that is using eye tracking technology to ensure that users watch ads before the media that they're going to consume. And my first instinct was like, okay, time for me to never watch that media. Um, but like at some point, Disney plus is going to use that or they won't right? We build society slowly and mostly by accident. Um, and maybe this is not a thing that ends up working out and maybe it is. Um, but at some point it might not become opt out even in the way that, I don't, I could stand here and be principled all day long and only ever ride my bike around the city and only ever watch, um, art films that somebody put on Vimeo for a dollar a piece and only ever interact with people in meet space and never talk to them through Facebook because, meh. um, and like that would be a shitty life that would suck and never talk to people about the things that are on Disney plus is the, yeah. And, like, maybe shitty life is a little, like, hyperbolic, but, like, a life that is not what you want and, uh, like, standing on your principles would make your life worse. Yes. In a way that wouldn't change the outside forces either. Yeah. So, right now, what I imagine we can do is keep being angry about the blockchain and keep telling people that we are angry about the blockchain and that the blockchain doesn't make a lot of sense and it's bad for this or that reason. Um, the main ones being 
environmental. It's just resolving a bunch of problems that are already solved. Um, it's just causing new problems. <laughs> and the, that small personal impact is the most that we can have right now. Barring massive action to convince the people of this country or the EU or whatever that you deserve to not be forced into an arrangement with the metaverse, with the blockchain, with whatever, um, and to have positive rights, um, to have a right from the metaverse. There are lots of ways that the the vision for the future that Facebook has for the metaverse and whatever uh, could not happen. There are lots of like directions that it could go. It could be too cost prohibitive and never gets off the ground. It could uh, get ripped to shreds on Twitter and mm -hmm. no one uses it because that's cringe or whatever. Um, or like, you know, all sorts of like the EU bans blockchains is mm -hmm. like probably not super likely, but is a way that like a lot of the bad things about the metaverse can go away. Um, because like a public school, you can't put your public school in the metaverse if the EU says you, the metaverse isn't allowed to exist. Yeah. And like you can still use blockchains if you're using like onion routers or whatever i i swear like i 100 percent forgot the name of the dark web stuff um <laughs> it's been too long oh oh how how we change as people <laughs> so there's lots of ways it could like just not pan out similar to google balloon internet but i also feel at the moment there are lots of ways, there are lots of things that are going right for Facebook. And that is upsetting to me. And personally, like, there's not much I can do to convince that one school to get out of the metaverse and, like, back out of whatever deal they made with Facebook. Is this a real school? I believe so. Um, God. I heard about it. I'm going to look it up. As soon as my keyboard reconnects, um, Ooh, it's German. Anyway, so it, it, the video was very good and uh, definitely worth watching, and I appreciate the recommendation. It made me more sad about the future of the internet than I was previous to watching that video. I think negative externalities need to be punished more harshly. And that's how we solve all of the ills of the world. <laughs> I'm sorry about the state of the world. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that the video was educational <laughs> and fun. I, th I think it was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it was a good I, watch. It's really well done. There's a couple quotes in there that are punchy. That are the one that I'm thinking of is they saw people being crushed under the heel of a boot and instead of saying maybe there should, the, maybe this is a bad system, they said, I want to be that boot. Yeah. I have been playing 
Mindustry, Mindustry, which is a open source application for it's like a Factorio kind of deal a little bit. Um, and it's been checking the boxes in my brain. Uh, but I keep thinking about the, I think the other folding ideas video that I've talked about also talks about Factorio, um, which had some very suspect mental models for invading an alien planet. Yeah. Uh, early on. And so I'm, I'm playing this and going like, okay. And so at the end, I am the baddie, right? That's the place that this story is leading me. Right. But this one's open source, so it's gotta be better. Should we do the split? Should we like, I don't know where, what's happening when. I forgot to split. I 100% did not remember to split. Um, okay. I think a lot of that belongs in the main show. Okay. So this is just going to be like, this is just going to be one thing. Uh-huh. It's going to, the pre-show and the post, uh, pre-show and the show show are going to be one file and the post-show is going to be another sh- file. Cool. You got a watch trick? I got a watch trick. Um, so the cool thing about uh, industry being open source is that I can uh, go in and, and modify it as much as I want. Um, and that's how open source works. And everybody has the time and energy to make a thing into the tool that they want it to be or the game that they want it to be. Um, and that's that's how we keep open source ethical. Um, I can't do that with my watch. I can't go into my watch and make it the thing that I want to be, or so I thought. Um, because another option besides making something open source is to give it a sort of plugin library and a layer for programming inside of the system. Um, industry actually also has that. There's a, a layer for programming inside of the game. That's neat. Um, it's very confusing. The documentation is bad. So the way that you do that with a watch is with the shortcuts app mostly. Um, and I have found a cool thing I can do with the shortcuts app, which is when I wake up, I have different needs than when I'm going about my day. Uh, when I'm going about my day, I need to know how much water I have had yet today. I want to know when the sun's going to set. I want to know what the temperature is and I want to know how much I've moved around in the morning. I have not moved around much. I have not had much water. Those are going to be pretty close to zero, whatever. Um, but some things that I do want to know in the morning are what's the temperature going to be through the whole day. What's the temperature right now? What does my calendar look like today? Um, set a five minute timer. That's a thing I want to do. And there's some other things that I want to know. And, the cool thing about the Apple watch is you can give it a bunch of faces. And, and so I have a face for going about my normal day. And I also have a face for in the morning, I need to know different things. And so here's what my morning looks like. Also in the morning, I don't have the brain power to parse a dial clock. And so I just have it on digital time. <laughs> um, so 
a while ago, I stayed up way too late, um, kind of screwing myself in the morning, but I gave myself this morning watch face. And then I said, you know, when I am sleeping, I have a different watch face than normal because that's just how the Apple watch works. It goes into like a sleep mode. Mm. Um, it is dimmer. It's the text is larger, so you can just read it half awake. So how do I get that to happen for morning mode? How do I get a morning mode going on? Uh, with a phone, you would do that using focus modes Mm -hmm. in modern iOS. You could use a focus mode and have the focus mode change your phone home screen and all that. That would be great. But on the watch, that's not an option. You can't say focus mode means this or that thing on a watch, but you can have automations automate what the screen is on your watch. And you can have automations that kick off when you enter or exit a focus mode. There. Okay. So putting it all together, you can make a, a shortcut that makes your watch do the thing that you want. So if you have a, a time of day or a place that you go that you need your watch to behave differently than it otherwise would, you can use focus modes and shortcuts to make that all happen. Cool. Yeah. I've had the same watch face for quite a long time now and it gives me basically no information um mm-hmm. and i it yeah it just has uh the time the date and it has my heart rate on it but it's in very small text and i can't read it a lot of the time <laughs> like at a glance i can't read it i have to like uh-huh. focus in on it um but uh it is the rainbow one and when i uh uh, use the um what's that called the crown uh crown. the rainbow wiggles and i like that let me see if i mm. see that Ooh, <laughs> it warbles it wiggles and warbles i like that so uh maybe if you have a certain time of day where you're feeling especially gay that would uh ah, be a yeah. good one <laughs> i do have if you're looking for more information and want to keep the rainbow, there is the rainbow uh, California face, oh. which is the typographical nightmare that's half sans serif and half um, uh, Roman numerals. I will look at it. I don't like that in general, <laughs> and I'm definitely more of a digital watch sort of person. And just like I like reading the time that way better. Uh huh. I do have a um, vertical stripes. Another watch trick. Uh, if you are part of a certain community with a certain uh, flag that is mostly just stripes, um, you can use the stripes space to make whatever color you want. Or rather, whatever mm. pattern of colors you want, as long as they're just stripes. So I think, yeah, I can... Yeah. Get little trans flag yeah you know one of those communities with flags Uh that are just stripes yes i am aware i do indeed know the stripes so liz as you may be aware uh 2022 for me is the year of not eating dairy unless it would be rude to refuse the dairy or inconvenient to refuse the dairy just in case you're just Um, joining us (laughs) 
Um, and as a part of that, I've been trying a lot of dairy-free things or I wouldn't. Um, before, before that happened, because apparently you're just joining us right now, um, I thought a lot about alternative milks. And so sometimes I will just go to the store and get whatever weird alternative milk I can find because I think it's fun. And also in hot contention, uh, allegedly before it was, um, I haven't heard any news on the dairy product in a long time, but presumably somebody still cares or they wouldn't have cared first. Um, I don't think we need it. I think you look at a thing and go, well, that's not milk, milk, that's soy milk. Um, Oh, interesting. That's my hot take. uh... Is that different than your uh, previous? Sorry, I'm just making fun of you because uh, we've been saying the same thing for five years now. (laughs) So one thing that I went out and tried um, was the Wicked Food stuff that I was talking about before. I also got, uh, we've talked about Tofutis. thing, Cream cheese before um one thing that i had to find a replacement for recently is that every once in a while so presumably every family has this kind of thing when i was little sometimes it would just be popcorn night tonight it's popcorn night and that's what we're having for dinner is popcorn there's going to be popcorn and we're going to eat it and that's dinner it's popcorn night um you know yeah you know and I didn't have popcorn. You're night smiling in a way that I can't tell if it's genuine. I'm smiling in a way that, like, my initial thought was, that's not a good dinner. And then I, then my second thought was, Zach knows that. That's not the point of popcorn night. Yeah. And that was never a cheese involved thing. Uh, my partner likes to put nutritional yeast on their popcorn, and I think they're wrong for that. <laughs> Um, but we mostly don't have popcorn night, but every once in a while, uh, if we are both out doing something together and then we go, Oh, we need to think about dinner and we are already out and we can just grab some chips and grab some French onion dip. We come home and that's chips and French onion dip night. Um, in the same vein as popcorn night, right? Mm -hmm. I am aware this is not a good thing to be eating, uh, but it is filling and happy. Um, now something you might've noticed is that French onion dip is not dairy free. And so I, I had to, to think on my feet last time I went out, um, looking for options and I went to Whole Foods and I went looking for uh French onion dip and they do not have any at Whole Foods anywhere. They don't sell French onion dip. Um, and so then I had to go to the other grocery store and get some French onion dip. But while I was at Whole Foods, I did find some Tofuti sour cream. Um, and presumably with Tofuti sour cream, it's technically Tofuti better than sour cream. Um, with that, you could make a vegan French onion dip. And that's not what I did. I just ate the sour cream and like a single spoonful of French onion dip. Um, but i i would heartily support the the tofuti sour cream and i'm glad that i got it and i'm glad to know that it exists because next time if i want to actually make french onion dip with the tofuti sour cream i can do that um but that is not 
the point of uh sour no what was it french onion dip and and chips night i'm curious to know how like did it taste exactly like dairy sour cream you know i had it on a salty chip and i didn't just have it like in my mouth so i can go get a spoon and tell you an answer actually i have a spoon right here it tastes like you had tofu and somebody said make sour cream with this uh it is thicker um i think you could probably if you were crafting something you could fix that you could put soy milk in with it and make it less thick and then add in your french onion dip ingredients um flavor wise i think in the same way that sour cream is mostly about being a base the tofuti makes a very good base can we get a rating out of um can you assign the sour cream and apple watch watch face Ooh. No, because I've already forgotten what all of them were. Give me a minute. I'm going to say GMT. Because uh, it looks like you can still fit four useful things in the GMT watch face. Um, and then there's a little bit of extra, like, I'm not sure what's going on here. And then your watch falls asleep because that's what they do. Um a little bit of extra going on here and it's red and blue, you know, colors, colors match as well. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not, it's not everything I would want it to be. Okay. Jared, Zach is opening the bottle with his teeth. Yeah. So this is, uh, that hurt a little bit. Um, sometimes containers have these like sealed on, it's like a foil thing on top of a plastic lid. Those hi jared i'm talking about a a milk now um this milk is from jenny's tofu uh it's an organic soy milk it's sweetened um it's made from sprouted soybeans it's lactose free it's vegan friendly it's got no preservatives it's usda organic and it's got a little triangle that says crc this is a secret tool that we'll use later um it's 32 fluid ounces and also it has markings on it in grams exclusively in grams um, you, you measure it in grams. It's soy milk. Uh, they make it in Chicago. And it's sweetened. Um, and it's got this little tab thing on the top of it that I couldn't get to come off until I used my teeth, which is a negative, I would say. That's a thing that I don't want to be true of my soy milk. I don't want it to be this difficult to open. Um, that probably means it's like good or something it's like definitely not and now i'm going to pour some oh this is so full i think this is a bad bottle top design oh Ooh, it just yeah, runs right down bad. the side wow all right well yeah so the the thing is the reason i picked up this soy milk is because it's got an interesting container and there's a reason most containers aren't shaped like this <laughs> It looks really bad, and it doesn't help that it came with two seals. Um, yeah, and it's number five recyclable. Um, okay, so it's Jenny's Tofu Organic Soy Milk, the sweetened variety. Here we go. Okay, 
Um, here is what I think about it. When a recipe calls for coconut milk, sometimes what they mean is coconut milk that comes in a can and tastes distinctly like coconut. And sometimes they mean the coconut milk that comes in a carton and tastes a little bit like coconut and mostly like water. Mostly it's just the thickness of milk, a little bit with coconut, but not very much. Mm -hmm. This is soy milk in the way that coconut milk in a can is coconut milk. You want it if you are looking for a soy flavor, which I think works well with the fact that it's sweetened. Um, because it's just in and of itself a kind of dessert now. It's a thing that you can go, okay, I want soy and sweet, and I want it in liquid form. I'm going to give it another. Mm -hmm. The thing that I notice most about it is that it smells like soy. Mm. So I wouldn't call it a dairy alternative, but I would call it soy milk. Okay. That's good to know. Um. Can we get a writing? I have two ideas. I don't know if either of them are good. Um, no, I don't like it. Uh, I have one idea. Yeah, please. Which is that if I had to put an apostrophe somewhere in the name of this product, um, it would be organic soy muk. We'd cut out the I and the L. I love it. And that's my rating. All right. <laughs> Thank you for your insight, Zach. So I picked this up because I knew that the podcast was coming and I'd been seeing it in Whole Foods for a while and going, what an interestingly shaped container. Um, and I knew that I had the podcast coming up, so I picked some up. But the reason that I remembered it this particular trip is because I also got another Jenny's Tofu product. Um, Jenny's Tofu also makes some mung bean sprouts, which I needed for a uh, stir fry I was making. Mm. I said, hey, New York Times cooking, please give me a stir fry recipe. And they said, here you go. Buy mung bean, bean sprouts. Uh, and I said, sounds good. And I bought some mung bean sprouts and I brought them home and I was reading the back. And Jenny's Tofu, uh, when they grow sprouts, they grow them hydroponically. Uh, with only fresh water da harvested daily in Chicago. Um, and they are part of the Sprout Safety Alliance, uh, who train staff to closely monitor sprout growing and regularly test the water. Um, and they are also a member of the National Sprout Task Force, uh, who played a big role in setting up sprout growing standards because of their commitment to food safety. Interesting. I've heard that sprouts, various sprouts, are like one of the least safe foods of, uh, commonly available in grocery stores. Interesting. I had not heard that. That explains why they're so interested in proving that they care a lot about the safety of their sprouts. I figured I was cooking mine. What could go wrong? Um, probably a lot of things. Don't tell me. <laughs> I don't actually know, so... And I thought that's really interesting. I want to know more about um, the Sprout. What was this? The Sprout Task Force. What does that entail? Um, and so I started looking up 
Jenny's Tofu and the Sprout Task Force. And then I got sidetracked because their website says that they are actually a subsidiary of whatever it was, Phoenix Bean out of Chicago, Illinois, Um, which that name makes me think they tried a different company to sell beans or tofu or whatever. And then they, that didn't work. And then they were like, okay, well now we're starting Phoenix bean. The first one was just bird bean. Um, (laughs) uh, but they say that they're kosher. And I thought that was really interesting because I didn't see any, anything on the packaging that indicated to me that it was kosher. Liz, if you were looking for a kosher product, do you know where you would look? I How you would determine if the product was kosher? I would not have a single clue. I would look for okay. a big uh, uh, a word on the packaging that says kosher. I otherwise would not know what The what word to look. kosher. Okay. Um, let me switch notes. If you saw... That icon, I don't know if that's showing up. I think well. I can see that. Yeah, is it like a K in between two blobs? Kind of, yeah, like leaves or sheets of something, mm-hmm. and then it says "parv" underneath it. Uh, would you know what to make of that? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, that one I was kind of aware. Uh, was kosher uh the 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 kroger affiliated store near me does have a an aisle of kosher excuse me an aisle of kosher foods and so i am accustomed to seeing a lot of things with like the big kosher label on the front of them that say this is kosher just so you know time for the like zach does the i don't know what to call this zach does the corner where he says hey I'm not Jewish. Uh, This is going to be like, I went down a rabbit hole that was very much the world of kosher certification is interesting. Um, And I might look this up a little bit uh, and I might just kind of gloss over some things that are very important. I don't know. I hope I don't do that. I would love to know if I do. So there's a lot of different ways that something can be marked kosher. Um, The one thing on this Jenny's Tofu container um, that I didn't recognize was this little triangle that says CRC on it. Um, And so I looked that up. I looked up CRC triangle. I'm pretty sure is exactly the letters that I searched. And I found the Chicago Rabbinical Council. Um... So the Chicago Rabbinical Council is one of the groups in the United States that certifies food as kosher. Um, There are three different categories of things that are kosher. Uh, Kosher is uh, the Jewish way of knowing which foods are biblically okay to eat. Um, So the three categories are innocuous. Um, This is mostly unprocessed plants. If you're just going to eat a vegetable and like wash it off and then put it in your mouth that you don't need to worry about whether or not that's kosher. Um, There's kosher when supervised, um, which is that you're making things out of kosher ingredients and using kosher processes. So uh, there's certain 
processes for dealing with meats in a kosher way. Um, and there are things that are not kosher, um, such as shellfish, pork, um, pretty unambiguously not kosher. Uh, kosher has uh, their own little dairy uh, standards of identity, which is that for dairy to be kosher, it must come from a kosher animal. And all dairy byproducts are also considered dairy, even if the USDA doesn't consider them dairy. There's a couple of trademarks that I'm used to seeing um, that signify kosher. One of them is this K with the two little things above them. Um, it looks like based on where Tofuti is based out of, that that might be the New York kosher um, trademark. There's also the Blue Ribbon Kosher trademark, which is from Minnesota. Um, and that looks like a State Fair Best in Show ribbon with a K in the middle. You might have seen that around somewhere. Um, they The Blue Ribbon Kosher trademark was acquired by the Chicago Rabbinical Council in 2017. Um, now the Chicago Rabbinical Council koshers vast database of ingredients and global name recognition as well as advanced computer systems for data entry and pu publicity are available for your needs um also very cool in the in the train of the the way that we think that the web should work there's just a picture when you go to go like okay what's the deal with blue ribbon kosher right now they just have an image of what the the who the rabbi is in charge of blue ribbon kosher um which just feels very old web to me. I like the the energy of that. And I was interested in going down this rabbit hole a little bit just because like, what does this weird little symbol mean? I've never seen it before, or probably I've seen it a lot and I've never noticed it before. Um, but also partly because I was explaining to my boss recently that I am trying to be as dairy free as possible. Um, and he said, well, one of the challenges with that, I imagine, is that you would have to check the ingredients of all products. And I said, well, most of the time, if something is labeled vegan, all of the time, actually, if something is labeled vegan, that means it's dairy free. And he said, but who checks that? Um, and I didn't know the answer. Um, and so I figured if there's somebody who's checking that food is kosher and putting their little stamp on it, um, that there might be somebody who's checking that food is vegan and putting their little stamp on it. And so I started looking around based on this. Is there a vegan trademark? Liz, are you aware of anything on a food that you could look at and go, ah, oh, yeah, that is definitely vegan? I don't think so, no. Okay. There's a couple. The one that I had seen most, I mean, obviously, if something just says vegan yeah. on it in like sans serif font, you go, ah, oh, that's vegan. Um, but also I'd seen around, especially on menus, uh, v in a circle is that a trademark yeah so that's not actually well let's get into okay. it <laughs> is that a trademark let's get into it um that's my answer in the myspace era people only had bios that were so long and they wanted to signify that they were vegan and so they used the Unicode symbol uh, V in a circle. Um, and that just kind of you knew if somebody's got the Unicode V in a circle symbol, um, that means they're vegan. Sure. Um, and online, that is still often used today. Now we have emoji. And so some people will use 
the plant emoji, the little like sprout emoji, because that also can mean vegan sometimes. Sometimes it just means I think this plant emoji is cute. So, you know. But that would happen with like any symbol that like requires inside knowledge. That's just like, you know, how symbols work, right? Like they don't have any meaning unless you... Especially if they aren't enforced. If I can just put a circle V in my Twitter bio, uh, and that means that I really like very large scale integrated circuits, um, that who's going to stop me? Nobody. Society changes largely without our input. Um, but actually there is somebody who could stop you from doing that. And that's, uh, Vod Hoyer of St. Louis. Um, and they've got the circle V trademark and that means Vod Hoyer certified kosher. Um, so sometimes if you see a food and it's got a circle with a V in it, uh, that means that it is certified by Vod Hoyer as kosher. Um, the technical term actually for that mark, um, given that there's so many rabbinical councils, so Vod is Hebrew for council. Um, and so Vod Hoyer is a rabbinical council, just like the Chicago rabbinical council is a rabbinical council. The term because there are all sorts of councils that use different um, marks to signify for their area um, for their purposes if something is kosher the term for a mark like that is a hexure so just think about that next time you see a hexure on a product that you buy i may and so then some companies started using an encircled v to indicate that a thing was vegan because they had seen people do that online and then they were like we need to mark this thing as vegan on our product packaging and if you want something to be marked as kosher or organic or whatever there's a little symbol you can use um, so let's use this circle v and use that to mean vegan and rather than suing all of these companies vod uh hoyer just decided to change their symbol um to a stylized ovk in an oval so now if you see an ovk in an oval that is their new one. Sometimes they still use the circle V. It's just a matter of who's updating their packaging materials at what time. The actual like official vegan trademark is a sunflower growing out of the letter V in the word vegan. Um, there are a couple of groups that use that one. I know Lush Cosmetics uses it. Um, Super Dry Clothing and Mars Wrigley. So if you get candy that is vegan... It's going to have a little V-E-G-A-N, and the V is going to have a sunflower coming out of it. And that's how you know that it's vegan. I can picture that in my mind. And now that you say it, I have definitely seen that before. Um, but I would bet, actually, that the one you've seen even more of is... Um, so that one is held by the Vegan Society. The one that I've seen more often is vegan.org certified vegan, which is a circle. Inside that circle is the text certified vegan by vegan.org. And then inside of that text is a heart, and inside of the heart is the letter V. So that's that's the one that I think I've seen more. Um, there's also, when you go, go out online looking for vegan symbols, um, you also will find the vegan flag, uh, which is blue and then a white V slash inverted pyramid. <laughs> And then on the inside of the V is green, and that's for water animals and 
air animals and land animals and vegan. And also we're doing the impossible by inverting this pyramid. I guess. Um, Incredible. I think far more significant in India, all vegetarian food. Uh, in India, all vegetarian food must have a green dot in it in a square. So a green dot inside of a square. Um, and if it's not vegetarian, then it's a brown dot inside of a brown square. And that just, you can look at products that are sold internationally or that are um, meant to be sold in India. And if you see that brown dot, brown square, green dot, green square, that means it is or isn't vegetarian. And that's just because that's a thing that people care about enough that the government decided it was a thing to standardize, um, which I think is a really interesting way to look at the way that culture shapes what we need our governments to do the same way that uh like the the way that dairy is defined by the usda and the way that dairy is defined in the eyes of a rabbi are different things because like the people who decided what dairy was for the united states weren't rabbis makes perfect sense um and so another thing that i just learned actually while we were recording the podcast is that in israel Domino's Pizza has a dairy-free cheese that they use. And the reason that Domino's would have good reason to do that in Israel, and in the U.S. they don't even have any dairy-free and um, dairy-free cheese options. Israel, they've already changed theirs a couple times, um, is because it is not kosher to mix meat and cheese. And so because of the needs of a large portion of the population to adhere to kosher rules um there was demand for dominoes to use vegan cheese in israel also there's the sprout task force i didn't learn a single thing about that because i went down a different rabbit hole um, follow down learning about learning about hexures um so there's a whole the chicago rabbinical council has a whole page of all the different hexures um that they like are aware of so if you if you want to look at the grocery store through different eyes, one of the ways you can do that is learn all the hexures and then figure out um, what region is in charge of certifying that this or that product is kosher. I think we get I think we get very few opportunities in life to recognize like a a, a code of some sort. And and this is just one that's fun. I think that's the appeal to like QR codes or something is that before they were widely known, it was like, ah, I am a person who can look out in the world and see all of these QR codes and like parse them into a thing using my phone. I think that was some of the appeal was being a, a special snowflake who knows how to use QR codes. I like that. I like, I, I like the idea of knowing what all the little symbols on the bottom of the food products mean. Yeah. At some point I knew, like, there were, uh, I took a, like, food science class just to fill some credits. And, mm -hmm. like, one of the things they taught was, like, um, a lot of, I wouldn't exactly call them buzzwords. They started as buzzwords, but uh, be, ha, uh, 
grew to have formal meanings. Um, fortified. Um, uh, basically, like, if you took nutrition out of a product while manufacturing it, you can put it back in at the end. And, like, that's called mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah. one of those words. And um, uh-huh. I, I thought that sort of thing was interesting. Yeah. And there's a different one for if the food did not have that nutrition and then you put the nutrition in anyway. Um, that's a different word. Uh-huh. So, like, milk. What about milk and vitamin D? Because mm-hmm. that's one where the milk can naturally produce the vitamin D, but you need to kick that into gear for it to happen. Mm. I I cannot remember yeah. any of the words. I'm sure there's a good uh-huh. a good list somewhere. I don't have the list though. Yeah. I'm looking at this uh Wicked Foods as well and they use the V in a circle. So maybe it's kosher too. It does say V in a circle suitable for vegan, so probably not. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Hot local Democrats in your area tend to defer to the wisdom of the people who set this all up. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Jared, if you have more ways that the metaverse can fail, or if you have a favorite hexer you want to send to me, you can send it to me on Twitter at... 